and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 31. Today I wanted to talk all about music festival sexism, seeing as how the Coachella, Governor's Ball, and Boston Calling lineups were announced all last week. And yesterday the band Camp Cope actually spoke up against sexism in the music festival atmosphere. Camp Cope is a band from Melbourne, Australia, and they were playing a festival called Falls Festival. And while performing their track, The Opener, a song about inequality in the music industry, singer Georgia Mock changed some of the lyrics to call out the annual New Year's Eve event. In the clip, she said, it's another man telling us we can't fill up a tent. It's another fucking festival booking only nine women. Just uh, take a look at that clip real quick. The band shared footage from their set on their Instagram and alongside a clip of them performing Lost Season 1, one of their songs available on their band camp. There was a caption that was written and it says, maybe they'll never get it, putting women higher on a bill. False Festival fired back at the band and said, False Festival co-producer sorry, Jessica DeCrew responded to the comments in a statement given to the music today. We book the best bands available at the time of booking, taking gender balance into consideration, which can be challenging, the statement reads. Whilst we have a very conscious and strong agenda to book female talent, it isn't always available to us at the headline level. We have a long-term strategy, which is present on this year's Falls lineup, of giving opportunities to new and middle-range female Australian artists to nurture and grow the future pool of female headline options. Options. We support the core message of gender balance and have been working towards a more balanced lineup at Falls. We have seen other bands who are passionate about this topic go out and started their own events where they have total control of the lineup with great success. We applaud their initiative. Taking control of yourself is a great way to affect change. Camco posted on Instagram a photo of a t-shirt they were promoting with a caption that said, the person wearing this shirt stands against sexual assault and demands a change. That's actually what the shirt says as well. Calling all false festival artists, we're giving you all some gifts we've made with the help of AX Coping and Mongo Freak. Those are their Instagram handles. Call it by its name. Stand with us and demand a change. Be brave and wear this on stage. Come find us for shirts before we find you. Now, in addition to this festival, I have spoken in previous episodes about the Warp Tour issue. An article in 2014 talked about the stats of Warp Tour. The writer was Megan Seeley, and she said, A quick glance at the bands that have, announced, have been announced for Warp's 2014 tour, which started June 11th in Alaska, reveals that less than 20% of the 120-plus acts include at least one female. Women are there. The lineup includes Mixtapes, Sleeper Agent, The Somerset, K-Flay, and Allison Weiss. But if you count the female population of the bands on an individual level, level, women make up only 6% of the tour. The article that this was taken from, the original one at least, I read in 2014, it no longer exists where Kevin Lyman said that only 6% was fine by him. There was another article by the stranger.com by Paul Constant that actually summed up the original one by Megan that 
doesn't exist anymore for whatever reason. It said, Megan took the complaint to Warped Tour founder Kevin Lyman, who reacted with defensiveness. Lyman thinks that the fact that one out of six bands on the tour of a female member is absolutely okay. He also explains that more bands in the world are made up of men. On Twitter, Lyman argues, be good and you might get on. If I have to start counting races and genders, it is over. Which is funny because Warped Tour is over as of this year. Now, I feel like maybe this is a stretch, but the comment to me is reading, if you're a band made up of men, you can be okay and get on. But if you're a band with women in it, you need to be held to a standard. And again, that could be reading a lot into it. But the way Lyman has spoken about this issue and have been, and he's been super defensive about it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's what he means. Because let's be honest, we've gone to music festivals and not all the bands are these Grammy award winning masterpieces. Some are just kids wanting to live a dream and play an iconic festival. Some are just doing a side project for fun. Some don't even care about the fame. So it's obvious that not every band on Warped is being considered to have a standard or to quote unquote be good in everybody's eyes. Why all of a sudden a band with a woman in it needs to have one. Even if be good seems like a pretty easy requirement, apparently only 6% of bands with a female member are considered quote unquote good by Warped Tour standards. So obviously being good as a female musician isn't as easy as it seems. There was actually a Huffington Post article back in 2016 by Alana Vagianos, sorry, where she wrote about her feelings on the lack of women at the festival she attended. She wrote, it's 2011 and I'm on a plane to Miami. I'm ready to soak up all the sun and kick back at my sister's apartment in South Beach. As an afterthought, I've agreed to go on one of the largest electronic music festivals in the world, Ultra, for the first time. As I skim through the lineup, which included big names like Tiesto, Dead Mouse, and David Guetta, I think to myself, where are all the women? I was about to fall deeply, madly in love with electronic music and the whole festival scene, but one, but out of the dozens of festivals I went to after this one, I never stopped asking the same question, where are all the women? 32 million people attend music festivals every year in the U.S. Over half, which is 51%, of those attendees are women. But on stage, the demographics are very different. Coachella's 2016 lineup included 168 male artists and just 60 female artists, a figure that includes both all-female and mixed-gender acts. Ultra's 2016 lineup only featured 20 female artists, while whopping 198 exclusively male acts made up the rest of the weekend. Lollapalooza tapped 124 male acts to perform at the at its 2016 festival and only 47 female acts. That's a pretty dismal imbalance, and unfortunately that gender disparity isn't anything new. She then provided graphs of all these big music festivals and the amount of all-male acts, all-female, and mixed-gender acts. The numbers were not in the favor of any gendered bands other than the all-male acts. I'll link the post in the show notes so everybody can look at the data that they collected. Alana goes on to talk about the issue, and she says... The root of the disconnect between the number of women on stage and the number of women in the crowd may lie partially in the male-dominated subcultures these festivals were founded out of. As Slate writer Forrest Wickman argued in 2013, the real problem at most of these festivals lies in the alternative subcultures they celebrate. Formed out of the male-dominated music scenes of jam music, in the case of Bonnaroo, late 90s indie rock Coachella, and early 90s alternative and grunge Lollapalooza, these festivals tend to celebrate diversity while dismissing the most popular acts the ones who tend to dominate the charts and who tend to be so often female as frivolous or corporate this holds up especially true for electronic dance music festivals edm is notorious for being one of the music's largest boys club with women making up only 
11% of artists at electronic music festivals in 2015, and in 2014, just 18% of EDM labels included women on their rosters. If you Google female DJ, there's not a lot of reputable women producers that come up. Miriam Nervo of electronic group Nervo told the Huffington Post, you just get a lot of girls in bikinis with headphones on. If you Google male DJ, you don't see the guys with their tops off. I think that's been a real stigma for women in electronic music. Jahan Youssef of the electronic DJ duo Cruella thinks that EDM's gender disparity is also exasperated by stereotypes about women's technical capabilities. I think many young women are hesitant to pursue a career as producers or DJs because of existing assumptions about women lacking technical abilities, Yusuf said. In the pop world, the fandom can be attributed to to the songwriting, performance style, vocal style. But in the dance world, the fandom is attributed to the production or somebody's ability to DJ. Emma Olson, a a New York City-based DJ by the name Yu Um Fang, I think that's how you say it, told Huffington Post that growing up in the EDM industry, she was conditioned to believe she wasn't good at technical side of DJing simply because she was a woman. We are culturally brought up to think that women will always play softer and prettier music, and they're not necessarily as technically talented, Olsen said. I really thought that using synthesizers was harder for me. I thought that programming was harder for me because I'm a woman. Alana then later talks about how women are dominating, but not in all genres. She wrote, although women do dominate music, it tends to be pop music, which is not the musical genre most festivals are centered around. The major music festivals don't book a lot of pop music, Scott said. A lot of these pop artists like Selena Gomez, Ariana Grande, and Taylor Swift are not necessarily who's being booked at festivals because those artists' audiences tend to be younger and not necessarily concert go- uh, festival goers, I'm sorry, yet. But aren't many of the big female headliners, Lana Del Rey, Florence and the Machine, Ellie Goulding, Halsey, considered pop artists? Alana Del Rey or a Lord have a little more of an alternative perception in terms of audience than maybe a Taylor Swift, who has a lot of young fans going to her concerts with their, with their parents, Scott told Huffington Post. I think that the Lana Del Rey and Lord listener may be a little more experimental and listen to like Glass House or Kendrick Lamar or a Tempe Impala, whereas Taylor Swift fan in general, or at least her core audience, may be much more pop oriented. Halperin added that some big female pop stars don't perform at festivals because they want to have, they want to be the main act, not just be part of the lineup. I think certain female artists like a Beyonce or an Adele opt to put on their own arena tours instead of playing festivals for business reasons and also to brand themselves as the main event, Halperin told Huffington Post. With festivals, the name is in the event itself. Headliners and even highly built acts sometimes get lost in the mass of acts playing. But there are a lot of successful female artists that don't fall under the pop genre. And while we do see some big names towards the top of the, the set list, MIA, L. King, Haim, Ellie Goulding, the list of female artists that make it onto lineup seem to be a small pool of the, sa- of the same people. A gender rapper, Angel Hayes, is quoted at the end of the article with saying, if women were praised more for their music, for their talent, for anything other than the what the fuck they look like, a lot of other things in the world would be different. She also discussed in this article about her pay gap. I did a festival once where I got paid significantly less than the guy who went on before me. It was ridiculous. The pay gap is a huge issue, he said. Women make way less, like significantly less, and are treated way worse than men at any festival I've ever been to. 
She also added that she's experienced a lot of subtle sexism at festivals that forces women to work twice as hard as their male counterparts. They want women to work harder in order to be accepted and recognized for their talents, Taze said. I think it's whack that you have to go the extra mile when you're a girl, even when you're far better than the uh, opposition. Opposition. Sorry, I was going to say opposing, but it's opposition. Festivals are weak like that. I pretty much talked about the bulk of this article, to be totally honest with you guys. It was a lot of reading, but I encourage everybody to take the extra mile to read the entirety of it and look at the graphs that are in it to really show you guys the big gap there is with female acts on the bills on these lineups. Now, before I move on to more sexism in the music festival atmosphere, I want to play the song, the first song of today's episode. They're a band from Newcastle, Australia called Eat Your Heart Out. They have a darker pop punk sound that I actually really like. The song I have for you today is called Conscience, and it features Patrick Miranda of the incredible band Movements that you guys should totally check out. They're incredibly talented, and the choice to feature Patrick on this song fits really well. An excellent touch to add to this song. I think it's just beautiful all around i really like it the song is off their newly released ep mind games that dropped in late 2017 so here is conscience Set too much, set fire 
Again, that was the song Conscience by the band Eat Your Heart Out off their 2017 EP Mind Games available on iTunes. Before I continue, I just want you guys to know that I'm freaking out while recording this episode. Paramore starts tour three today and people are talking about that they're sound checking No Friend because Me Without You is touring with them on the leg of tour three. And there's just so much going on. Paramore just posted the email that Haley sent to Aaron about the last line in No Friend. I'm like having heart palpitations. My blood pressure is going up. I'm screaming, I'm crying, I'm retweeting. It's just, it's a fucking mess. So if I'm talking very fast at the end of this episode, just know that it's because Paramore is giving me stress, gray hairs, and ending my life a lot shorter than expected originally. So anyway, back to the lack of women at music festivals, because that's what we're talking about here. Apparently there's a problem with every festival. While collecting research for this episode, a lot of people on Twitter have provided a lot of good content for me. I found an article about Coachella that Halsey actually was involved in. The article is from CBS News, and it said, festivals like Coachella, they pride themselves on being a part of the the counterculture, being tastemakers, upholding themselves to a certain standard of the artists that they include. And I think one of the problems is that female artists are so often tainted as pop artists even when they don't necessarily intend to be Halsey said female artists can be put out the same can put out the same style of a record as a male artist and when a male artist does it it has a certain type of dignity it has a certain type of edge as soon as a woman puts out a record of the same caliber it's immediately filled as a pop record no matter what Halsey said it's something she's experienced in her own career with the success of Closer It was this giant pop record and immediately I was a pop artist even though I put out an alternative album. I play alternative festivals and I was in an alternative radio. She said, as soon as you do one pop record, it's like the kiss of death for a female artist sometimes. Gary Bongiovanni, CEO of Concert Trade Publication Polestar, said he didn't think the gap between male and female headliners at Coachella was calculated. How surprising. I don't see that there's any sexism. Of course he doesn't. There's nothing more than trying to put together a bill of artists that the public wants to see. And we live in a world where a significant majority of the acts are either male or male-fronted bands versus females or female-fronted bands, he said. If you look at the level of business all of those artists do and you try to cobble together a lineup that's going to be appealing, it's difficult. And there are a lot of the female acts that may not lead lead themselves to lend themselves to performing in front of 60,000 or 80,000 people in an open field versus headlining an arena or more likely a theater. What the fuck is that? I just, I can't, like, why do we let cis white men have a say on anything that has to do with women? I I don't understand. Who cares what he thinks? Seriously. 
all of a sudden women can't muster up the bravery to sing in front of 60,000 people or 80,000 people like that's super scary for them and they can't do it and that's a man's job like fuck that guy I don't know who that guy is and I'm glad I don't like go be cis white scum somewhere else I don't give a fuck about you anyway CBS continued, Halsey, who spoke over the phone Thursday as she drove to the desert to watch Coachella as a fan, said she was thrilled to see Gaga take the stage. She said the recent Super Bowl halftime performer is one of those pioneering female acts that hasn't been boxed into a genre, though she knows the extremes Gaga has to go to to maintain the counterculture are much greater than that of which a male artist has to do. Drake is still considered a rap rhythm artist, even though he's essentially a pop artist. When you look at the decisions that he makes and the climate that kind of surrounds his projects, Halsey said. And when you have a female artist in the same lane, they get written off as a pop artist simply because they're female, simply because the conversation with them, it goes to fashion, makeup or whatever. And those are questions that and comments that don't surround the brand and surround the career of a male artist. Lady Gaga was the first female in a decade to headline Coachella in 2017, which sounds really crazy considering we have acts like Lana Del Rey, Florence and the Machine, Beyonce. I mean, just killer women who have been in this scene and have kept this scene alive and definitely fit the lineup like a glove. It's just really telling that maybe talent isn't what's hard to find. It's just someone who sees women as people and musicians and wants to put them on the main stage. That's all it really fucking takes. I mean, I remember when Paramore was on Warped Tour main stage for a few dates in 20 in 2007 i almost said 2017 2007 was a long time ago and to me that was even a big deal like that's still a big deal to me that they headline festivals and stuff because to me there's still like this little baby band that i just want to protect like a baby bird even though i'm very mad at them right now anyway moving on a friend of mine sent this independent.uk article from 2017 about reading in leeds fest the article says Festival Republic director Melvin Benn, who oversees the lineup for Reading in Leeds, denied selecting bands by gender, saying there has been a historic lack of opportunity for young women to get into bands and to be in bands. And I think that's disappeared now. Gone are the days when a band was four guys. Ben has been criticized over Reading in Leeds lineups in the past. Following the second wave of acts to be announced on the 2017 billing, it was revealed that the entire lineup at that time featured just one women, woman and 57 men. Wow. Caspian are headlining for the second time, while fellow headliners Muse are returning for their third main appearance, as is Eminem. In 2015, Ben told The Guardian that it didn't have a problem. We put out, we put on bands that people want to buy tickets to watch. So it's the public that makes the decision about what bands play on festivals, he said. What the fuck is that? We're not the tastemakers. Putting a festival on is a monstrosis monstrous monstrous sorry i this is all so fucking ridiculous i can't even read it monstrous financial risk the only way i balance the books is selling tickets why do you think we book the same male acts again and again nobody wants to see eminem every year in a row i'm sorry eminem's very great and we all love him but fuck put someone else on let's see beyonce let's see kayflay let's see literally anybody fuck However, in the Times report, Keith Harris, chairman of the UK Music Diversity Task Force, said the idea that rock bands are still considered the only appropriate festival act was lazy. If you're ignoring your audience, eventually it will catch up with you, he said. The Guardian put out an article about which festival had the fewest women in 2015. It starts off by saying, when Florence and the Machine step in to replace the Foo Fighters at... uh, 
Glastonbury, I think that's how you say it, this week. They will be only the second act with a woman topping the bill at the ma- at a major UK festival in 2015. Welch will, in fact, be the first British woman this century to headline the pyramid stage. The last to do was Skin when Skunk uh, Anasai closed the festival in 1999. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Before her, it was Shakespeare's sister, and that was in 1992. Of course, it's not a problem specific to Worthy Farm of the 14 headline acts playing Glastonbury, Tea in the Park, Reading in Leeds, V and Isle of uh, White. This year, Fleetwood Beck, Stevie Nicks, and Christine McVie are the only other women. Sorry, that was a lot of uh, mistakes in there. I'm uncultured American swine. I have no idea how to say anything. Male artists aren't just dominating the top of the bill. Analysis by The Guardian of 12 UK festivals has found that 86% of advertised performers are men. At dance festival Creamfields, women are uh, virtually invisible, making up just 3% of the advertised performers. Reading in Leeds and Download also fare, uh, fare poorly with a bill made up of 94% and 96% men, retrospectively. Oh my God, where are all the women, seriously? Another 2015 article by Rebecca Nicholson takes aim again at the alarmingly low amount of female acts. Festivals are dominated by men and it's all your fault because you, the punter, once enjoyed singing along to Metallica playing Enter Sandman at a festival and you now will happily pay 205 euros to sing along to Metallica playing Enter Sandman at a festival again. This seems to be the fundamental justification for the staggering lack of female acts on British festival lineups this summer and every summer. It's an insult not only to the women missing from the bill, but also to the music fans and festival goers who are not being given the choice to see them. She continued, she also said, it's rare that one looks at Hollywood as an example of progress in the entertainment industry, but over the past few years, it has dealt with similar issues. Women who were rarely, if ever, trusted to be the leads in huge blockbusters because women could not open a movie, or so received wisdom had it. And then there was the Sex in the City movie, Bridesmaids and the Hunger Games and Divergent and Spy, where women did open big record-setting uh, smash hits. The film world is still at the stage where Mad Max Fury Road has to lie about Tom Hardy being the star when clearly he's supporting Charlize Theron, but at least it's beginning to see women both as an audience and draw for men and women. If it were as simple as booking the music acts with the biggest audience and or record sales, the then female artists would dominate festivals as they have the pop charts for the past few years. But many of those women, Adele Taylor Swift and one-time Glastonbury's headliner Beyonce, are filling arenas and shifting millions of albums in the world of pop music. When you put out pop music anywhere near a field, disgruntled 50-quid bloke or his tedious teenage wannabe sparks up a change.org petition with some combination of the words real music, authentic, and travesty, with an inevitable racist undertone if said performers is not white. There is a 2015 article I also was sent to on Twitter about Austin City Limits from cut.org. It reads, the second weekend of Austin City Limits starts today. There's one difference from last week. Florence and the Machine is headlining Sunday Sunday night instead of The Strokes, and Modest Mouse is playing instead of Alabama Shakes. 
If you look at the lineup overall, Florence Welch and Brittany Howard, the singer of Alabama Shakes, are the only female performers in the top 10 performing slots. It's a trend seen at music festivals across the country. This weekend, the top 10 performers in the lineup are Foo Fighters, Drake, Florence and the Machine, The Strokes, The Weeknd, Disclosure, Dead Mouse, Bass Nectar, Alt-J, Hosier, of Monsters and Men, nearly all of the groups are made up of male performers. Two of the bands have female vocalists, but the other musicians are male. Outside Austin City Limits during Weekend One, Austinite Laura Presley and her friends say not surprised by the male heavy lineup. I feel like the headliners are always older guy bands. Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters, Tom Petty, Willie Nelson, she said. Florence and the Machine, she's going to be there. Presley's friend Catherine Hale calls the band's front woman Florence Welsh the only big chick playing the festival. But I don't like many festi- many female vocalists. I prefer the male bands, another friend Bonnie Isling says. But I'm excited about Alabama Shake. She's, go- she's got a manly voice. However, if you didn't go to Weekend One, then you'll miss hearing Howard sing. Presley says Welch's status as the only big chick is to be expected at Austin City Limits. I think it's the same as everywhere else in the workplace. Bosses, every- everything, there's always a gender disparity between that, she says. Since the late 1960s, women musicians have been marginalized and discouraged within the uh, particular arena, says Mary uh, Celeste Kearney, a professor at Notre Dame who studies gender in music. So there's not many women that have been supported, either as solo artists or bands really encouraged to get involved in many ways. Kearney specializes in examining the gap in rock music though it's unclear how c3 presents the company who puts on austin city limits chooses its big acts they did not respond to multiple interview requests for the story kearney says the gender disparity in the music starts early she says parents and adults socialize young girls to not get involved in aggressive genres like rock and roll in really basic ways girls from a young age are excluded from the rock and roll culture kearney says it's one that happens overnight at not great places in town so parents have been discouraging of their daughters getting involved in this that socializ- socialization can begin early in school she says if they join a school band where do the women sit where do the guys sit what instruments are they allowed to play with and what and what they can experiment with all of that plays into how kids are feel comfortable with certain genres of music now i remember in fourth grade before i was kicked out for pretending to play the flute because i had no understanding of how to make music i was one of two girls in my class of 15 that were playing i remember in seventh grade my friend who was really smart but also was a big believer in being a free spirit and dressing and doing what you want and dressing you know dressing i guess what you would label as a slut in school because that's what you did in seventh grade because of how short her skirts and her 70s mindset about sex drugs and rock and roll and she was inspired by katie and mean girls and she joined the mathletes in our school and she was dressed in her typical skirt and crop top and was told to stand in the back for the picture for the yearbook and she was actually photoshopped out of the photo because of the way that she was dressed and they didn't feel that she was actually a mathlete they felt that she was just doing it as a joke Now, we discovered it in the yearbook when it got published. We didn't know prior to that. And this was like months before the yearbook came out. Stuff like that discourages women. This was seventh fucking grade. Not to mention before Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan gave us Freaky Friday where she was an alt rocker chick that I think made us all want to be in a band. But in reality, people didn't treat us with the respect we thought we would get from watching that movie. Now, I know my friend Alexa, who has been in many bands, decided to pick up a guitar because of that movie. The inspiration was there in the media, but schools and public beat us down to where we felt we couldn't do what the movie said we could do. Or at least Lindsay Lohan said we could do. 
Now, Camp Cope's guitarist, Kelly Dawn Helmrich, said in an article she wrote in November of 2017 about this issue, she said, I really believe if you asked any woman, person of color, or member of the LGBTQTIA plus community who works in music, you'd get millions of stories in a similar vein. We're not just considered... We're just not considered, sorry, respected or listened to in, in the same way as the white male who does the same thing as us. We have to work harder, speak louder, prove ourselves time and time again to be taken seriously. There are groups of male musicians and men in positions of power in this community who are so often labeled the hardest working in the industry, while women, people of color, and LGBTQ. TIA plus people do the same job in the face of adversity. They do the same job and are ridiculed and harassed on the internet. They do the same job while not being listened to by stage crew, technicians, and managers. They do the same job and get sexualized, harassed, and catcalled. They do the same job and are told that they are not hardworking or deserving, but lucky. I know there are so many music festivals out there, but I think we got the gist of the problem. I personally feel the problem is the fact that so few women thought that they could ever be in a rock band due to the early sexism in music. Festivals now use that as an excuse as why they don't put women... um, in anything as if they haven't revolutionized and started becoming more and more apparent in the music scene if festivals gave a shit about women they could go the extra half a mile and find women in bands who are worthy of a spot on these festivals women in bands exist there's plenty to pick from and now despite being told that they couldn't for so long this isn't decades ago where women were afraid women in 2018 have fought back and are taking over festivals have male rock star tunnel vision and clearly can't see the all the talented female acts i'm even finding out about the next ending pool of female artists and musicians since starting this podcast and i actually give a shit about women in music it's lazy to say if women who play in bands and female musicians and female artists aren't good and they're hard to find a good band or artist yeah maybe by someone's standards a band isn't considered good or you know maybe they're considered bad or there aren't they aren't someone's taste but to say only three bands with women are deemed good is absolutely ridiculous In 2017, there was an article going around Facebook and Twitter about an all-music festival with all women, and it was coming this year, actually, to Sweden. The article said, Swedish radio presenter and comedian Emma... I'm not even going to try and pronounce her last name. Emma Kay saw an opportunity. She tweeted, what do you think about putting together a really cool festival where only non-men are welcome and that will run until all men have learned how to behave themselves? She confirmed the plan on her Instagram. Sweden's first man free rock festival will see the ne- the light next summer. In the coming days, I'll, put- I'll bring together a solid group of talented organizers and project leaders to form the festival organizers. Then you'll hear from everyone again when it's time to move forward. Now, speaking of female festivals, let's not forget about Lilith Fair. If you don't know about it, here's a brief summary from Wikipedia. In 1996, Canadian Sarah McLaughlin became frustrated with concert promoters and radio stations that refused to feature two female musicians in a row. Bucking uh, conventional, sorry, conventional industry wisdom, she booked a successful tour for herself and Paula Cole, at least one of their appearances together. In McLaughlin's hometown on September 14, 1996, went by the name Lilith Fair and included performance by McLaughlin, Cole, Lisa Loeb, and Michelle McLaughlin. Uh, Adori, formerly of Crash Vegas. 
I hope for change someday, although even in 2018, it seems there hasn't been much progress. But with bands like Camp Cope speaking out and gaining attention for being angry and artists like Halsey having something to say, maybe it was a way bigger thing for artists to, well, bigger artists to actually say something and say that there's a problem going on instead of just, you know, letting it happen and not really caring. So I definitely think that bigger artists should say something. And I think that they should uplift the bands like Camp Cope in saying their their problems basically that's all I really have for you guys today or really all that I wanted to talk about because all these articles really bum me out but something that doesn't bum me out is getting submissions from you guys in my email I received a submission from another talented ukulele player named Lorenz Colleen and she's from the Philippines I love the simplicity of her style and I have a soft spot for heavy emotion behind no production and a DIY setup she has two original songs on her band camp from this month, actually. She just put out her music online, along with two covers that she did. The song is called Love Affair, and it's short and sweet with no need for frills or overproduction. Before I play it, I want you guys to know where you can find me. Twitter is Rebel Hearts Girl, Facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast, Instagram is Sam is Socks. Email me for submissions and ideas and whatever else that's podcast-related, Podcast at gmail.com. And I have an online store with freshly stocked zines and shirts, which is Rebel rebelheartspodcast.bigcartel.com. I also have sticker packs to promote the podcast and my first zine on there. So definitely check that out. And to be most up to date and help contribute, follow me on Twitter, which again is Rebel Hearts Girl. I will see you guys at the front. Here is Lorenz Colleen. You left off letters in my mail. Step. Guess what? I threw him away. Everything I thought we were was just a lie. Just a lie. Love we had was only good for sleepy eyes. Sleepy eyes. And everything we said was just a lullaby. One of us to sleep while the other cheats goodbye. Goodbye. Seven lips, you promise to kiss. Seven lips, you promise to kiss. We'll be tainted with my lipstick. You said I love you. Eighty times you said I love you. Made me melt. What a fool I was. Everything I thought we were was just a lie. Just a lie. The love we had was only good for sleepy eyes. Sleepy eyes. And everything we said was just a lullaby. One of us to sleep while the other cheats goodbye.